Don't you enjoy worshiping the Lord? Amazing grace. <clears throat> what grace is, is God's unmerited favor toward us. And he sure has blessed us in a lot of ways, has he not? <clears throat> I decided for a few minutes while the singing was going on and so on to go to the overflow, see how it was. And um, it's, it's, it's nice in there. I thought about staying, but decided I should not do that. Um, the, the speaking is a little bit down. Is there a possibility of turning the speaking voice up just a little bit? Them? <clears throat> Crank the V-mix end up. Is that what you said? Just push the slide up. Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> How many of you want to live the good life? Well, it depends on how you define the good life, right? For some, the definition of the good life has to do with doing anything I want to do or just having fun. But that's not really the good life from God's Word. My perspective that life is good when I'm getting to know Jesus better and I'm pleasing God. Make sense? I mean, does, does God know what he's talking about or not? There would be some in this country that would say no. But I am firmly convinced that God's a lot smarter than anybody in Washington, D.C. or anywhere in the world. And so doing what he wants me to do is more important than doing what I want to do. Getting to know him, loving him more, pleasing him, that's what is important. Now, do we do a perfect job of that? We talked about that last week, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Number one, I'm not at I, I am inadequate. I am not adequate. I can't get the job done. I can't be what God wants me to be in my own strength. But I do want to please God. I know that God is able to help me do so. Last three words in that, those two verses is in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I am ready to trust and obey. I mentioned earlier we're doing the 40 Days to Easter videos every morning at 6.33. Uh, they're on Facebook, YouTube, website, so on like that. Well, three goals. Number one, know Jesus better. Because if we know Jesus better, we're going to trust him more. Number two, love Jesus more. Because if we love Jesus more, we're going to obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then number three, become more like Jesus. Because the more like Jesus we are, the more we are going to please God. When I think about my purpose in life, probably John chapter 15 is a portion of Scripture uh, that, that I think about. You want to turn there for just a second, you can. John chapter 15, verse number 5 says this. I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Three verses later, verse number 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. 
If I'm going to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, I need to do three things according to these verses. Number one, I need to abide in Christ, spend time with him in his word, in prayer. I need to bear much fruit, which is a natural result of abiding in Christ. And then I need to glorify God, which is a natural result of bearing much fruit. In other words, I need to abide in Christ, bear much fruit, and glorify God. When I do that, I believe I'm going to be pleasing God. The implication is we need to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ better, which is what I want to do during these 40 days, I guess 35 days left, is get to know the Lord Jesus Christ better. And therefore, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4 today. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Almost at the, the, the end of the Bible. We're going to be talking about the essence of life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we pray that you will help us to know you better. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to, to live accordingly and to make you known. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all you've done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Three simple points. Number one, Jesus is the light. Look at verses one and two. That which was from the beginning, in other words, talking about Jesus Christ, the word of life, he's eternal, always been. Hard for me to fathom. Can you picture eternality? That, that God, God has always been, Jesus has always been, always will be. Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. They experienced the Lord Jesus Christ concerning the word of life. Logos is the word for word. It has to do with the thought or concept of deity expressed in a person and the essence of of that person, the word, had to do with life. Jesus is the life. It goes on to say the life was manifested. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That eternal life. I, the essence of life, what, what does essence mean? I looked it up at dictionary.com. And essence means the basic, real, and invariable nature of a thing. When you think about life, the basics have to do with Jesus Christ and God. B because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is indeed the life. Now this is reflected in John chapter 1. If you want to, you can turn there. 
talking about the incarnation. That would be Jesus Christ becoming flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, again, eternality, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was, what's the next word? Life. And the life was the light of men. Verse number 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, it tells you a lot about the Word, about Jesus Christ, does it not? He was in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. That's the Trinity, something that's hard to understand, but one God, three persons. And he also was light, the essence of life. Well, Jesus is life. Uh, as, as, we, as we look at verse number 3, we see that, uh, that we're, we're back in 1 John chapter 1, where it says we have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Son, Jesus is God's Son. Jesus the word means Savior. And Christ, the word means Messiah. He was the one that was promised to Israel, and he came. So as we, we don't understand completely because we can't fathom the depths of, of the Lord of God and Jesus Christ. But we know that, that Jesus is the life, and he revealed himself to the apostles. He's revealed himself to us. Jesus is life. Number two, Jesus gives life. Aren't you glad he does? Number one, he gives physical life. We already saw from John chapter 1 that the world was made by him. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So we see that he gives us physical life. Back in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, says the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. You and I would not be here if God did not give us life, if Jesus did not give us physical life. But obviously it's not just physical life. It's also spiritual life. It's everlasting life. John 3.16 is a familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Not just physical life. But everlasting life, spiritually speaking, we're alive and, and forevermore we will spend eternity in heaven with him. But the, we need to recognize that, that there is a problem. We don't automatically get that everlasting life. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, it indicates that we were dead in our trespasses and sins and God made us alive through faith in Jesus Christ. Spiritually speaking, 
we come into this world dead. Now, did I say physically? Physically speaking, we come into this world alive. When we are born, we are alive. But spiritually speaking, we are dead, dead in our trespasses and sins. And that's why Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. In fact, if we're not born again, it says, uh, according to, to John 3, 3, we cannot see the kingdom of God. So we're dead in our trespasses and sins, even though we're physically alive. But when we're born again, we become spiritually alive. We become babies in Christ, and we have everlasting life. If you've been looking at my video uh, that that I'm doing at 6.33 in the morning. One of the portions of Scripture that we've looked at is 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. It talks about the fact that, that God has given to us life. This life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things that I've written to you to, that believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus gives us physical life. He gives us eternal or everlasting life if we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. And then thirdly, he gives us abundant life. John 10.10 10 says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, it's not just an everlasting life. It's not just a ticket to heaven. But instead, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ that results in life which is abundant, which is, which is meaningful. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I think there are a lot of people in the world today that would, would enjoy having love, joy, and peace because that's what abundant life is all about. In fact, John goes on to talk a little bit more about abundant life in verse number 3. We're talking about 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 3. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That has to do with having something in common with. It has to do with, with having, having a, a relationship with, fellowship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and also fellowship with one another. In other words, we were created to have both vertical and horizontal fellowship. A vertical fellowship would be fellowship with who? With God, with His Son, Jesus Christ. And then horizontal fellowship would be fellowship with, with one another. And, and that's the kind of fellowship that we ought to have. The love of God is shed or brought in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. And we enjoy abundant life. We enjoy a life of love. Loving God, loving one another, that's a great commandment, is it not? And so we need to recognize the importance of both the vertical and the horizontal. Now, there are various reasons that I do not like COVID-19. Uh, many of of you don't like it either. It has to do with physical reasons and economical reasons and, and other things of that nature. But one of the, the worst things, I believe, has been the fellowship. Let's see, what's the best word to use? What's the best word? 
lack of fellowship. Who said that? I'm impressed. Was that Luke Thomas or is that your mom that said that? Okay. Lack of fellowship. I'm thinking of a big word, but I can't think of it. That, has that ever happened to you before? That's the problem with trying to use big words every once in a while. There is a lack of fellowship. Wouldn't you agree? For months, I preached to my iPad. Chuck came, but he was about the only one for a while. And then later on, the pianist or, or, or Eddie Mendenhall came. It was different. Is it still different? <clears throat> it's nice to be able to come, but it's hard not to be able to shake hands. If we lived in biblical times, what was the greeting? A lot of times they kissed one another. That would definitely be a no-no in the time of COVID. The, the fellowship is just not there like it could be. And, and I think that's, that, that hurts. That hurts our, I guess, our Christian experience. Is what we need to do is we need to try our best to not just focus on our relationship with God, but try to focus on our fellowship, our relationship with one another as well. Now, you're here, the ones that are, that are in the sanctuary. There's some that aren't here. There's some that aren't here that, that they, they don't have access to Internet. Uh, they, they can't watch the service or anything. And that's, that's one of the reasons I mentioned last week that I'd like for us to have a connect team where some of us are willing to, to call or to write a note to, to some of the people that are not here. And so what I'm doing is I'm asking you if you would be willing to do that. Five or six or seven people, something like that, where you just give them a call and tell them that you're missing them and that check on them and see how they're doing and so on. In fact, we will give you the person's name, we'll give you the person's number, and we'll give you a script. We'll give you a couple of questions perhaps that you can ask or a couple of things that you can say. It'll be relatively easy. Just take about five minutes of your time for each one of them, and, and you're making a difference in their lives. You are helping them to experience the fellowship that God wants us to have. Make sense? In order to be a part of that team, you can do one of a couple of things. You can uh, call the church office or, or email me at ron at .com, or you can fill out a card in the pew in front of you. You can fill out the response card on the website or just, just put it on the Facebook Put your name and say, I'm glad to, to serve on the Connect team so that we can connect with one another because God's will is that we have vertical fellowship and horizontal fellowship. Makes sense, does it not? And that's part of the abundant life. But it also says in verse number four, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Some translations have our joy may be full. But either way, there is joy through the number one vertical relationship fellowship number two the horizontal relationship fellowship that's the way it ought to be and jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly instead of being lonely we ought to have fellowship instead of feeling empty we ought to have the joy that comes through that relationship with jesus christ jesus is life and he gives life he gives physical life he gives everlasting life. He gives abundant life. What is our responsibility? Well, I think it's twofold. Number one, to experience that life. Uh, most of us have already experienced physical life. We didn't have much say-so in that. I'm glad that our parents 
decided not to give us or do an abortion uh, because we wouldn't be here. But physical life comes natural. Spiritual life, everlasting life, is supernatural. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Second uh, Timothy 3.15 talks about the fact that Scripture makes us wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's a matter of saying yes to Him. If you've never done that, then that's exactly what you need to do to recognize your sin, recognize that your sin separates you from God, and then trust Jesus Christ to save you. You'll move from being dead in your trespasses and sins to being alive in Jesus Christ, born again. And when it comes to receiving or experiencing an abundant life, it has to do with making sure that we are on a regular basis confessing our sins, surrendering to God's will and trusting Him to work in us and through us. So number one, we recognize that Jesus is life. Number two, we experience, we receive the life that He gives us, the physical life, the everlasting life, the abundant life. And then number three, disciples pass life on. In other words, we don't just keep it to ourselves. If, uh, if you were really, 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 really smart and you developed a vaccine that instead of being 93% or whatever the ones that we have now are, it was 100% effective. And not only that, there was no chance of side effects. And, and not only that, it was really inexpensive. And not only that, you didn't have to keep it in a deep freeze days before you gave it and you developed that vaccine would it be selfish of you not to pass it on certainly would I mean you would be doing something detrimental to the world around you by not helping them by not sharing the good news well the reality according to God's word is that everybody's going to spend eternity in one or two places either heaven or hell what is our responsibility? What is the best thing for us to do, the loving thing for us to do? It's to pass it on. And that's exactly what the disciples did. Number one, they experienced Jesus Christ. First John chapter 1, verse number 1 says, that which was from the beginning, talking about Jesus, which we have heard, they heard what he said, which we have seen with our eyes, they watched him, and our hands have handled, they touched him, before that, it says, which we have looked upon. They studied him, so to speak, concerning the word of life. They experienced Jesus Christ. And once they experienced Jesus Christ, they made him known. Jesus was manifested to them, revealed to them. And then it says in verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So the disciples experienced Jesus Christ, and then they shared Jesus Christ with others. Isn't that the way it is supposed to be for us? Jesus said this early in his ministry, Matthew 4, 19, talking to some disciples. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, experience me, and I will make you fishers of men. For men, I will help you to make a difference in the lives of people around you. That's our responsibility. Jesus is life. He gives us life, physical life, eternal life, 
abundant life. But we need to, when we experience him, we need to share him with others. That's what witnessing is all about. That's what the evangelism is all about. The Greek word for evangelism basically is euangelion. It means good news. We have good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we can go to heaven if we believe in him. The question is twofold. Number one, have we experienced that ourselves? And then number two, are we sharing that with others? I guess there are two things I'm asking you to do or more. Uh, two things for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior. Number one, sign up for a connect team so you can call some people who haven't been able to go to church lately uh, because of COVID and so on or whatever reason and encourage them and, and check on them. But number two, I would like for you to get a piece of paper. How many of you have paper at home? I'm trying to go to a paperless system where, where I don't use paper. I don't think I'll ever make it. But if you don't want to use paper and you want to put it in your smartphone or your iPad or something like that, that's fine. But come up with a list of at least one person, maybe three people, that you don't know if they know Jesus Christ as Savior or not. Have that list in front of you and pray for them every day. I remember one time visiting a church. I don't do that often. I'm normally up here instead of out there. And the gentleman said that about a year or so before, he had made a list of 10 people. And during the course of that year or so, nine out of the 10 had trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Do you think prayer makes a difference? I think it does. Interesting thing about him, he was the one that led several of these people to know Jesus Christ as Savior. I think when we are praying for people and sharing with them the good news about Jesus Christ, there is no telling what can happen. And when we share the good news with somebody and they say yes to Jesus Christ, it makes an eternal difference in their lives. So yes, Jesus is life. And, and he gives us life, physical life, eternal life, abundant life. But we as his disciples need to pass that life on. We need to, once we've experienced Jesus Christ, have a relationship with him, we need to share with others what Jesus Christ has done for us. So can you get that piece of paper? Put one, two, three, put more if you want to. Individuals that might not know Jesus Christ as Savior. Start praying for them and maybe even ask God for an opportunity to share. If you want somebody to hear the gospel, give them a link to, I think it was day number two or three of 40 Days of Purpose. I try to share the gospel. Try to do it on a fairly regular basis on Sunday mornings. The important thing is for us to make sure that we know Christ and that we are making him known. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ better. We don't understand all about Jesus and his characteristics, but we know he is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to you except through him. We know that Jesus gives us physical life and eternal life and abundant life. We thank you for that.
If there's someone here that has not said yes, Lord, I just pray that you'll speak to their heart and help them to say yes to Jesus Christ and trust him as Savior. Lord, I pray that we'll also make sure that we pass it on, that we tell others about what Jesus Christ has done for us. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.